whatever Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are looking forward just to chill and uh, hang out and uh, do our chilled midweek break. I got my brother. I can see him. Video is looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wi-Fi is feeling strong. Strong like Mother Russia. We're good to go. Stay tuned. to me the other day what happened friday nick and i recorded the proto evangelium of james and it crashed well i, I recorded only my um my side your side of the order yeah do you want me to like do fake lip reading for the other side no not really <laughs> no but it was uh it was painful man so i just basically oh, flunked out on that one and um anyway whatever but that was a dodgy podcast so. life podcast life totally um oh. yeah so uh how the heck are you you've been to germany and stuff i've been to germany yeah that's good um i the kind of whole backstory is that i i sprung my ligament in my right shoulder sprained mm-hmm. my right shoulder at judo mm-hmm. and that was like just before i was going to germany so it made the uh I was traveling with with this lady and she was kind of counting on me to carry bags and stuff but i couldn't really couldn't really do that so it was a bit of a mission made the traveling a bit of a mission but anyway we did that mm-hmm. um yeah and went to speak at a conference for bible translators yes um who are all currently working in western asia which is what i'm allowed to tell you okay yeah because you got to keep it quiet you got to keep it quiet that's awesome so Bob, not his real name, yeah. is one of the translators there. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> yeah, and it was it was an awesome, awesome privilege. Mm. Uh, to to do it because they they're in um, areas where it's a bit sticky, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, during the so I was basically the preacher for the conference. It's like their conference, they, they do loads of stuff in it. Like the whole day is crammed with meetings and activities and training sessions and whatever. And mm. I was doing the kind of morning worship slot. So okay. um, I go there as, I think, as the devotional speaker was my technical title. Cool. But then I also got to like eat with them, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then in the evenings, we all just kind of hang. They've got this little cafe there. So we'll just hang around over a few beers and they're just telling stories about stuff that's going on and, you know, yeah. talking about translation. Dude, I'm sitting at this table and I kid you not that like, uh, so there's like six of us around this table mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there's guys from all over the world. There's guys from the States, there's guys from, you know, all over Europe, mm-hmm. there's guys from Western Asia, you know, everyone's there Yeah, and they just like they're talking English and then every now and again they switched it up and they're speaking German. Wow. And then they'd switch from German to speaking in biblical Hebrew. No, you're joking. I kid you not, bro. Beautiful. Cause, cause I kept telling the, the Klein story. It's like, yeah, Klein used to debate rabbis in Hebrew. And yeah, like, that, yeah. That's a spe- That's a pseudepigrapher account. Okay. Yeah, and, 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 and but they weren't even impressed by it. They were just like, okay, that's nice. <laughs> Anything so, else about this? It's like guy a most Jedi it? Chuck Norris version of what Klein did, and they're like, dude, they're speaking to each other. They're like, shalom, you know, like whatever. 
It well, I mean, it was so they did the standard greetings and stuff, but yeah. they would take it further than that. And yeah. then not only that, but then they'd be like switching it up to um, other languages. So like, I was the only one in the table who couldn't speak like four languages. Wow, it's you ridiculous. got Afrikaans though. Oh man, I used. To, <laughs> I'm not sure I ever had Afrikaans like that. <laughs> like if my if if my if my Hebrew, oh if yeah, oh man. Anyway, yeah. So like it's just uh, it's just nuts. Anyway, like if your so Hebrew was, the- <laughs> was as bad as your Afrikaans, you'd be disqualified from ministry. <laughs> but it's worse. <laughs> so, Oh, so yeah, man. it is. It is a bit like that. Mm. And but the the amazing thing is, they're just like super humble dudes, and they were just so grateful uh, to hear just simple preaching. Because I think the danger for them is they miss the wood from the trees, you know. Yeah. So like, they just hone in on all this technical stuff, and they are so like scholarly in the way that they engage with scripture and everything like that. Yeah. But I had some fun debates with Germans about Schleiermacher and. Um, and about German historical criticism, because obviously right. it's still like a, a big thing totally. over there. Yeah. And oh. um, yeah, so it was, um, no, it was just, and I just found it so refreshing hmm. to like hang around with these dudes in the evening. I guess it's the kind of thing that as a, as a married guy with kids in a busy life, you don't get to do a lot of just sitting around with a beer with a bunch of guys who are like-minded. And talk Hebrew. Yeah, well, I mean, I I just, you know, obviously didn't join in with that. But I was I mean, like, Tove. Just, just to tov. be there. Tove. Tove. Tov. Shalom. Tov. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tove. Tove Boker, man. Yeah. Tove tov. Boker. Totally Tove. <laughs> yeah, it's all Tove. Yeah. Oh, the other exciting thing that happened was that I um, managed to get through a whole plate of paella before I realized that it had shellfish in it, mm. which is not oh. a good thing for me. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes, and, and you're alive. I realized it because I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to swallow this piece of lettuce, and I couldn't swallow it. Like the lettuce just wouldn't, like it just stuck in there, you know. And yeah. I was like, man, my, like why can't, why, why can't I swallow it? It's like all puffy inside. And then I, I, so I was trying to use water to just kind of wash it down. I couldn't get this piece of lettuce to go down. And then I noticed on the side of the other guy's plate, there yeah. was like a shrimp, and oh. a mussel. And yeah. I was like, hmm, that's not good. Wow. So I popped like five oh. anti, uh, anti-allergy tablets. Right. Like I just, you know, checked them all down. And that seemed to do the trick. So fortunately, uh, fortunately that was okay. But like, yeah, that was, that was like serious. I was like, I don't suppose, I don't suppose any of you guys have an EpiPen, do you? Well, yeah, because I was, I was going to ask, don't you have to carry that thing around that you inject yourself? You meant to carry, well, yeah, but they're like 200 quid each. And they they have an expiry date. Oh boy! Yeah. So like, it's just not realistic, you know. Yeah. It's not that hard to avoid shellfish. If I had like a peanut allergy, I would do it. But yeah. I don't have a peanut. I've got totally. a shellfish allergy. Generally speaking, people aren't chucking lobster around, you know. So yeah. So yeah, it's obviously like you know it was all good, but for a moment there, I thought, ah, so this is how I'm going. <laughs> this is how I die at a conference for Bible translators, mm. choking on a bit of shrimp. <laughs> it's so i think it, i think it would be a fitting end to an otherwise tragic life <laughs> yeah wow dude that's crazy 
Man, so so you you confirmed your actual allergy though. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. definitely because I I noticed the. Yeah, because I was just trying to swallow a bit of food that I'd eaten. I was like, why is this so difficult? Like, because I was doing it for a while without even thinking about it. And then I was like, hang on a second. I've been trying to swallow the same piece of lettuce for like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Nuts. So, but apparently, uh, yeah, I'm still a little bit surprised. I haven't had a bigger reaction to that, though, because last time I had a pretty bad reaction. So I would have thought this one would have been the KO. But here I am. Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. Well, my then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, no, there, no, go no. on. No, no, more about you, please. Well, no. So then I, uh, I get back from the conference, mm-hmm. and uh, like, um, at four o'clock on Saturday, five o'clock on the Saturday, we've got a potential um, trainee pastor. Uh, and he come. He arrives at five o'clock on Saturday. He's staying overnight, Ooh. and he's kind of coming to meet some of the elders on the Saturday night. Some of the elders on the Sunday off to church. Right. So it's just like pretty full on because we went. You know, got back, unpacked. This guy arrives straight yeah. into the, like you know, hey, how's it going, kind of thing. And then, you know, hanging out with all the elders until fairly late on the Saturday. Then you know, preaching Sunday morning. Um. Sunday afternoon, he's around for lunch. Sunday, four o'clock, all the other elders come around mm-hmm. and they're all sort of meeting him. And and then they Sorry, stick so around. What's he like? What's he like? Went straight from, uh, well, he, he's, he's, uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, really good guy. Okay. Has a black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, that counts. Uh, <clears throat> count. Just hit him, <laughs> hit him with the ground. Uh, yeah, well, I will. I, I mean, I, as long as I can close the gap. It's just I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous of those kind of spinning heel kicks. Right, you just cover your I've, face and run in like bull. That's it. <laughs> run, run like bull. Right. I mean, two seconds, yeah. it's going to the ground. UFC proved that. End of yeah. story. And then you get off the ground and put him back on the ground. That's true. It's but true. hey, we'll save fight commentary for later. Um, exactly. Now yeah. listen, I don't want to fight him. No, no, you want to run in, charge, and then hit him yeah. with Mother well, Earth. I wouldn't mind if he called me Mr. Miyagi. But, Ooh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. no, he's a good guy. He is a good guy, and um, okay, well, uh, whoa, ticks, whoa, whoa, whoa. A, ticks a lot of the boxes we were talking about. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. Now, listen, before we stray too far from death, um, okay. you know, did you nearly die? No, no. But I, I've I've been reading Augustine, City of God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what I would have talked about. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you like Do you like that segue? Yeah, um, that's a great signal. But I no, on the subject of death, it has actually been going through my mind all the way through. And I have been dedicating most of this week to, or in last week, to Augustine snippets. The guy okay. is, uh, he's moving me. Augustine's getting okay. me, right? But he, um, okay. I thought this would be a good one to just kind of chew over for uh, whatever mm-hmm. Wednesday, especially in light of your yeah, experience there. Um, this is uh, in book 13, and yes, I am in book 13, which is, I think, nice. quite a thing. But chapter 10, if you did want to go check it out, you can get, I think I think it's free on most. Like, I think it's... In, I've uh, got it. Yeah, I've the Nicene it. and post-Nicene Fathers, usually Shaft's edition is online. Well, and, no, uh, I've just got City of God. Okay, well, there we go. But if you're on, on the internet, and um, I mean, yeah. uh, if you're listening and you've only got the internet, you you should just go and download those uh, Shaft volumes as well. They're great. 
Um, and uh, what, can we'll you be, get them for free? Yeah, you can now. Yeah. Well, you have been for a while. Uh, it used really? to be that monster set. You know that big one? Yeah. Yeah. So You've you got it, it then. You can get them all. I mean, you can get them on Lagos. I think they're free on Lagos even or something. No, no, not free. No. Nothing would be free on Lagos. But but um, no. you, can get them, you can get them on PDF and whatnot. So uh, it's just a great set to have. And especially for Father Friday, we're going to be working through most of those as well. So, uh, but anyway. When did it become Father Friday? Is this just like a temporary thing? Or did you? Well, it's going to be for a while because we're, okay. we sort of, we, we yeah, we're going to make our way through all the literature of okay. the fathers. Like, I mean, all the highlighted kind of bits, curated list. Mm-hmm. So most, you know, it sort of works well with philosophy and apologetics and whatnot. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so um, book 10, uh, chapter 10 of book 13, uh, of the life of mortals, which is rather to be called death than life. Whew. Okay, you know you're into hmm. it. Listen to this. Yeah. I was, uh, oh man, this just got me. It says, for no sooner do we begin to live in this dying body than we begin to move ceaselessly toward death. Mm-hmm. For in the whole course of this life, if life we must call it, its mutability tends toward death. Certainly mm-hmm. there is no one who is not nearer it this year than last year and no tomorrow than today and today than yesterday and a short while hence than now and now than a short while ago. For whatever time we live is deducted from our whole term of life, and that which mm-hmm. remains is daily becoming less and less, so that our whole life is nothing but a race towards death, Oof. in which no one is allowed to stand still for a little space or to go somewhat more slowly, but all are driven forwards with an impartial movement and with equal rapidity. I mean, <laughs> how awesome yeah. is that? It's very oh. Ecclesiastes. Oh, man, totally. Uh, just a lot, last little bit here. For he whose life is short spends a day no more swiftly than he whose life is longer. But while the equal moments are impartially snatched from both, the one has a nearer and the other has a more remote goal to reach with this their equal speed. <laughs> it is one thing to make a journey longer. Oh, sorry, uh, at least it is one thing to make a longer journey and another to walk more slowly he, therefore, who spends longer time on his way to death does not proceed at a more leisurely pace, but uh, goes over more ground. Further, if every man begins to die, that is, in death, as soon as death has begun to show itself in him by taking away a life, for when life is all taken away, the man will be then, not in death, but after death, but then he begins to die so soon as he begins to live. For what else is going on in all his days, hours, and moments until this slow Working death is fully consummated. And then comes the time after death, instead of that in which life was being withdrawn and which we call being in death. And then he makes this massive philosophical distinction. He's like in this quandary about, about how we can actually call death, death. And, you know, we, we, that's part two. But just that little intro to the, to the thing um, mm-hmm. was so powerful, you know? Just like we're all, just that concept of not being able to, you're on a train, essentially, and, and the train is not stopping even once. You know, you can't go slower. You can do whatever you want mm-hmm. in this train, but you're moving. The train is yeah. moving, and it's hitting its it terminus. It feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like that. Toward, as you get older, I feel, I feel it more and more. Yeah. I mean, I believe people say that that's the case. Towards the end of life, you just feel its speed, you know? But I definitely feel it well, now. Dad always used to say, didn't he? Dad yep. always used to say uh-huh. it's like a toilet roll. It's like mm. someone's pulling the toilet roll in front of you and it just gets starts to spin faster and faster. And it's a, that's what Augustine's thing? saying. He's saying, you know, you've got some who have it as a far goal 
and some who are nearer. And that's the only you know thing that gives the sense to the situation. So it's kind of like you're running out of toilet paper and you start feeling mm-hmm. it. Every time you pull, yeah. pull on that toilet roll, you know you've only got like a few left. But in the beginning of the toilet roll, same reality yeah. awaits you, but you, you just don't, you don't care because you've got the whole toilet roll. So yeah. it's just, man, it's crazy. The more, toilet rolls. the more squares of the toilet roll you use in a given session, yeah, faster Ex- it goes. Except you can, I suppose, you know, slow down with your toilet roll somehow. But you just can't. You can't life. slow down. You've got to use a certain amount of toilet roll every single go. Man. Well, it's just like it's constantly being pulled. Mm. Like, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I, so I, okay, so here's a, so I've been, my sort of reflection on, on death is, it is kind of related to the Ecclesiastes thing. Cause you know, like Ecclesiastes, he's like, guys, chill out. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a king and you've built empires. Mm-hmm. Like when you die, what use is that kind of thing? Like the, the we can only ever have at best a kind of temporary impact on this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so there's a kind of sense in which the whole thing about Ecclesiastes is it's driving you to kind of uh, sober up in the reality of death and just chill out a bit. Like stop being so super, super ambitious because – um, you know, you need to be humble enough to recognize that all of your ambitions end at death, mm. you know, and that's going to be true of everybody. And you don't know what's going to happen after you. And if someone's going to continue the good work you do, or they're going to completely reverse it or mm. whatever, you got no control over that. You just do what you do until death. Right. Mm. So that's kind of seems to match with an Augustinian thing. Mm. But then here's the other thing. So like one of the guys I was talking to, um, he was reading, Cyril of he woke up at five o'clock every morning mm-hmm. to read Cyril of Alexandria. Wow. Okay. And he obviously was reading him in the in the Greek. Because why of would course. you why of would course. you read an English Shalom. translation? Shalom <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he actually started to translate it while he was doing it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and he just was loving it so much that he ended up translating the whole thing. Wow. And now it's published as a two-part two volume set the first ever english translation of cyril of alexandria and he did it in about a year and a half by waking up five in the morning and doing it for a couple of hours every day Hmm. and so i was really like man i really want to do something like that you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. i'd really love to do something like that Mm -hmm. like he's never going to be famous because He's translated, and he's not an obscure church father, but he's translated a church father into English. I mean, it's not—he's not going to be invited to the Gospel Coalition to speak at a conference because of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's mm-hmm. not—he's never going to be famous, but he's genuinely made a contribution to the field of knowledge. Oh, totally. Yeah. But then, um, and it's just cool. Oh. But then, um, at the same time, like I think. my desire to really do something like that every now and again, I need to just check myself and say, well, like that dude is super gifted, Mm. like good at languages, you know, like, like there's a reason why he's in his field. Mm. And, um, and I just need to chill out a bit and let the reality of death, you know, like sort of not quite assuage my desire for, for ambition, but it's just also just, it moderates it, you know, it's Mm. just like, look, if you don't achieve anything, um, actually, you're the same as the guy who does achieve something because you're both going to die and death levels everything. Yeah. Totally. Um, but I don't really know, like, how to how to hold those two things together. 
you know, to actually try and get something done, to have enough focus and drive and determination to get something done, but at the same time have the kind of re awareness and humility that comes from knowing that death is going to bring all of my work to an end. You yeah, know? totally. I hear you. Well, I mean, there are all sorts of books that try and redeem ambition and, uh, you know, and, and talk about it in a way that I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, well, I think Chandler forwarded a book that came out fairly recently. I haven't read it yet, but, um, you know, just kind of, you know, wanting to, and there's all sorts of different angles for it. Like, you know, the neo-Calvinist will, will say, listen, you know, fine, go ahead, just channel that ambition towards something that uh, redeems creation and and therefore has eternal consequence and, you know, goes into eternity in that sense. And, and mm -hmm, of course, mm -hmm. you know, that, that we would say that that is a, a futile approach, I think. And, um, and then you've got others who would say, well, you know, at the end of the day, in the same way that you make a good shoe and sell it at a fair price, you know, just, just, mm -hmm. you know, to, mm -hmm. to live a life that's productive and, and, uh, high performance is, you know, you're just simply giving God glory, which is true enough, I suppose, but I suppose you can also be idolatrous in that way. Um, and you know, while, while you might achieve things that objectively give God glory at the end of the day, subjectively, you might be way out of sorts with it. Um, but I think probably the, the the best way I've come across in terms of just cancelling all of that is is the statement that that hits me. Um, I don't know where I heard it from, but it's just it's probably like a Forrest Gump movie thing or something. But do what do what you can with what God gives you. You mm -hmm. know, just that that statement right there. Do what you, whatever you can with what God gives you. Because the reason I like that is because it's not about what you do or what you don't do. It's mm -hmm. about stewardship. Which does matter. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, it's kind of, there, there is an ambition element there. You want to steward well and it's just, okay, so you've got gifts and you want to use them and you want to, you know, I mean, those things are not bad. And you also understand that you're wired for a covenant of works in some sense that lasts mm -hmm. to eternity and want to have dominion and all that stuff. So that's part of what you want to do, but you've got to acknowledge death. But the stewardship thing r remains unaffected in all of that, in that whether it's before the fall or after the fall. You know, uh, you are called to be a steward that you'll be held account for, uh, uh, held to account for, and then all of a sudden it becomes so like real and helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, because then you're just like, okay, well, what has God given me to do? And well, I just got to do that and do it to the best yeah. of my ability. And it just kind of puts it into a different category that that makes you work just as hard, even yeah. harder, maybe. But you know, just um, without that weird thing, you know, that needs to be held in tension all the time. I think so. Like, um. You know, it's kind of like uh, if you had to take Ordinary by Michael Horton mm. and merge it together with Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. <laughs> <laughs> You'd you end know. up with a pietistic baby <laughs> with uh, reformed horns. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, did know. you do you remember what uh, did you read Ordinary? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so Horton. Um, yeah, it's a great book. Mm. Great book. But um, Horton's basic, his whole thing was ambition up until fairly recently has always been a negative thing. Yeah. Like if you go back to, you know, you know, like everyone viewed it as like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be ambitious. Like mm. ambition leads to evil. Mm. Um, but recently people have been trying to talk about being ambitious for God. Mm. And um, the reason why Horton doesn't like that is because when we think of ambition, we think of greatness. 
Mm. And we think of um, achieving, like, you know, starting global movements mm, and, mm, you mm. know, massive churches and mm. converting, the, you know, loads of people and that kind of thing, which are, are things that for the most part are out of our control. So, um, and also aren't priorities given to us. You know, there, there is no command to say start a mega church or mm. there is no command to say start a global evangelical movement of some description or mm. like a charity that will pick up plastic in India or whatever. Yeah. But uh, if you just seek to be faithful, like your thing, you know, mm-hmm. do what you can with what you have mm-hmm. and do it to the glory of God, seek to be faithful in doing it. You know, that is a good ambition. But when you the use the thing, word ambition, it's the you don't of think we, of those kinds of things. Yeah, totally. It's the kind of thing that will make you uh, wake up at five in the morning and translate Cyril, you know? Yeah. Well, you, to be honest, this dude just did it. You see, the reason he did it was because he thought, do you know what? I've never read a church father before. Mm. and um, I've always wanted to, mm-hmm. and I don't have time during the day to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to wake up a bit earlier. Mm. Now, I think he started waking up at six and reading from six till seven. Right. And he just thought he was too into it. So then he just thought, I don't, there's not enough time. I'm going to start waking up at five. Mm. So it, he didn't actually set out to say, I'd mm. like to publish a book on thing. And this is also, I mean, like, I, I think that is in line with what we're saying, hmm. you know, like he's just doing what he can with what he, yeah. what he has. He's using the gifts and the opportunities he has and he's getting stuff done. Yeah. But it's frustrating because, <laughs> because nothing, <laughs> nothing I do will ever result in something like, like, like that. Five in That's the morning, the especially you wake up at five in the morning. It's like, it results in drool I mean, on the page. I'm still trying to work out what my hands are at five in the morning. Like, you know, it's just like, what are these things? They just, like, you're following me. Yeah. yeah. They seem loosely connected to my psyche. But... Oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. So, how, so how's this for tying in with the theme, though? Mm-hmm. This morning, Liz comes up to me. She's like, Andre, I think one of the guinea pigs has died. Oh. So I, I look out, I go outside and I look in the hutch. And, yep, definitely Sandy the guinea pig is an ex-guinea pig. Oh yeah, he's pushing up the daisies, man. Um, sorry, so, sorry about that. So yeah, I know. So this morning, because like, I thought, like, I do want to. I'm going to have to tell the kids about this. Mm-hmm. But like, it's Monday morning, and I'm about half an hour away from the school run. So I don't want to. I yeah. don't want to do the Sandy's died thing just before I drop them off at school on a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. a bit rough. Yeah. So anyway, I just go because. Cause like Johnny, you know, he goes out to check on these guys all the time. Like he's, mm-hmm. it's basically, they're his pets. You know, he goes out and he talks to them and he feeds them and all that kind of stuff. So I had to get in there. So I go and I bury the guinea pig. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I dug a little hole next to the guinea pig hutch and I chucked him in there and covered it up. So now I'm thinking about what, you know, how am I going to talk to my kids about this after, after, after school today? Mm-hmm. That's a nice. rough one, isn't it? Well, you got Damn. Augustine. You could uh, you could use that quote if you want. I'm sure your kids so are thinking wrapped with that. What I'd like to do, but I don't, but I mean, I don't think you can do it. But what I'd like to do is I'd actually like to go through the burial liturgy with them. Like I'd like to do a little burial service, you know, just the, just the graveside stuff, just the, but you can't really do it because it's like we commit the soul to God and the body to the ground. And, you know, it's like, it just doesn't really work with the animals in the nah. same way. So, nah. Um, but like, on the other hand, when do they learn? Like, it's a great 
opportunity to talk about that. You know, it's a great opportunity to talk about what happens when you die and that we are going to die mm-hmm. and that, and that death is not something we need to fear as Christians. Mm. Totally. So, um, we need a good strategy to get our kids in on the theme of death. I still say, quote Augustine. Uh, well, you could do a lot worse. I could do yeah, a lot worse. That's true. No, it's a difficult, yeah. a difficult talk. Difficult, to be honest, difficult, it stays difficult. You know, I still haven't got it. I haven't, like, like I'm actually going to die. I think that's why those things just fascinate me so much because they're just, I, I, I must be the most ridiculous ridiculously forgetful person on the subject. Like I wake up at three in the morning and I'll feel, feel very lucid about my death coming up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, during the day, it's like, it's, it's just a surreal thing. So teach us to number our days, you know? One time. And change But you things. should, there's wisdom in the house of mourning. Yeah. Don't yeah, there's parties, something about... Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, there's more wisdom in the in the house of mourning than in the in the pub. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's it's one of those weird ones as well because you you do want your kids not to be naive about death or unprepared for, you know, if one of their friends dies or something like that, mm. um, or for their own death. But at the same time, like you don't want to be super morbid about mm. stuff. Mm. And death is a difficult concept for us to get hold of. It mm. should be a difficult concept because it's not natural. It's not part of God's created order. Mm, mm. you know so like death should be should be something that we struggle with Mm -hmm. in every sense man Uh, you uh you could tell them that you nearly died there's that i could could do that nearly puffed up like a balloon yeah i told liz she was really cross with me i'm sure just stay away from the dang crayfish bro it's it's pretty cool that you would go out you know, at a translator's conference. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, the shrimp part, not so cool, but hey, you know, you can't have it all. <laughs> no. No, Man, it'd be better uh, if it was like langoustines or something. Yeah. yeah. Augustine and langoustine. Oh, okay. Let's Ooh. do that. Oh, that's, that's what I'm going to call this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Augustine, langoustine, death. Um, all right. Hey, I'm going to draw it at a close. Yeah, it's getting on. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for joining me. Glad you're back. Glad you didn't die. And mm-hmm. uh, me too. Thanks for joining us. Bless you guys. Mm-hmm.